Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Man, we are so excited you guys are here. It's such an amazing time that, man, it's just, I, I love being in the presence of God. I love you guys and uh, all you guys that are at home, we love you as well. And I'll tell you what, there's one thing that I love in my life and that's for everything to be in the right spot. Can anybody relate? I love for things to be in order. I love for things to be in the right. I, I am at peace when things are in the right place. Now, the problem with that is that the right place means different things to different people. So when I think it should be in a place, that does not mean that my wife thinks it should be in that place. All right, so I think that it should be in the cupboard, two sides left of the sink. My wife thinks it should be in the house. And as long as it's in the house, it's in generally the right place. All right. Now, in all fairness, there's about three weeks every year uh, that a man gets sick and all the things he cares about, he cares a lot less about, right? And in my case, I don't care about anything being in order when I get sick, right? It looks like a frat house in my, like there's shoes over there, pants over there. It's like, I didn't even know we own that, but it's over there, like, right? So things just get a little chaotic whenever we get sick. But in most cases, I like things to be in the right place. That's where a lot of the tension between Ashley and myself, my wife, who's amazing, she's beautiful. If there's any tension places, that's where it's at, right? Uh, and so so recently we went shopping uh, because it's the holidays, right? And so, uh, but uh, any of you husbands know, it doesn't matter if it's the holidays, you're probably going to end up shopping at some point. We went shopping and uh, I don't know about you, but our kitchen is half full of things we use all the time and then half full of things that I don't even know why we own them, <laughs> right? So it's like, we haven't used that in two years. We should throw it away. But what if we need it? We'll buy it again. I don't know what to tell you, right? And so she came to me and she's like, I found this. She loves charcuterie boards, right? Which is really just an adult Lunchable. Let's stop kidding ourselves. <laughs> but she loves making charcuterie boards. So she's like, I found this giant piece of wood. I can make a charcuterie. And then she said, I found these wooden bowls. And the wooden bowls have wooden spoons. And the wooden spoons have wooden spreaders for the jam and the things. And the what I'm like, and I'm like, cool. Where are we going to put it, though? She's like, we'll figure it out. Will we, though? <laughs> or will we trip over it for a few months until I start throwing things away that you forgot about secretly and not telling you, right? And so she's like, can we get it? And I was like, baby, we can get whatever you want. You know what I mean? Your heart's desire. If you like it, I love it. All right? So, and uh, so needless to say, we walked out with a giant slab of wood to make charcuterie boards with. All right? So, but all that to say is I know in my life I like things in a certain order. There's a right place. There's a right time. There's all these things that I love to be just right where I want them to be. The problem is how many guys like me have realized that if peace comes from everything being at the right place at the right time, you're not going to have it very much. Because in life, things aren't always in the right place, and it hardly ever feels like the right time, right? And maybe you found yourselves in these times and in these seasons where you're like, man, if I, could, if I was just past this, and once we get through this, things will be better. Anybody felt guilty of that lie in your life, right? Because the reality is, right on the other side of this season, there's another one that's containing just as much chaos of the wrong things at the wrong time for me, Right? And here's what I think the question is for you. Have you ever tried to hurry through a season you were in so that you could find peace? I want you to think about that. Have you ever tried to hurry through a season that you were in so that you could find 
peace. Because the reality is, I think that's what most of us do. As soon as our kids aren't playing these sports, as soon as we aren't doing these things, as soon as this job isn't demanding this much of my time, as soon as I'm done with this part of school, as soon as, and it's all, man, we keep saying, as soon as we get through this, but here's what I'm here to tell you. There's always another season of chaos waiting on the other side of this season of chaos. Am I right? Like there's always another season. Why? So what we've learned is it's not that we need the season to change to find peace. It's that we need to find peace in the season. And that's where the difficult part comes in. Matter of fact, I asked some of you for some of the reasons why you felt like you didn't have peace. And these are some of your answers. So if you don't like them, don't be mad at me. These are from you, okay? But I said, why is it that you feel like you don't have peace? And so people said, I could find peace or I could have peace if the first thing people said, I had a better job or more money. Anybody ever been there before? If I had a better job or more money, I would be peaceful. Things would be good if I could just get this job and this money thing figured out. However, let me just go ahead and give this to you right now, especially young people that think once you start making more money, things get better. If you keep spending more money, making more money is not helpful. Okay, so more money doesn't bring more peace. It may just bring more problems because more money, more problems. All right, very good. Look up that philosopher one day when you have time. All right, but... All that to say is we deal with it constantly, right? But other people also said I could have peace if I had kids that weren't acting crazy. All you parents, this is your moment. Say amen. Amen. All right. So you could have peace if your kids weren't acting crazy. But I think we could add to that. Maybe not acting crazy, but are so busy, right? So my kids got baseball and this one's got soccer and that one's got cheerleading and this one's got chess. I don't even know if you practice chess. I don't know how that works, but nonetheless, like things, you got all these things going on in your life and maybe they're just acting crazy. You could have peace if that wasn't the case. Some say I could have peace if I knew what to do in life. Anybody been there before? If I knew what to do, if I knew what I was going to do, if I knew what the next season held, if I knew where I was going, if any of this meant anything, are we really even existing or are we just matter moving around? No, it's like, right? It can feel that way in our lives. I could have peace if I just knew what my purpose was, if I knew what I was going to do, if I knew what my career was going to be, if I knew what 10 years down the line even looked like, I could have a little bit of peace, but I don't. And so I'm kind of consumed with worry, right? I could have peace if I knew how to navigate all the voices speaking into my life. That one can be a hard one. Your boss is telling you one thing. Your parents are telling you one thing. Your friends are telling you one thing. Your siblings are telling you one thing. Before I married my amazing wife, Ashley, I dated another girl for quite a while, actually. And that relationship was toxic as toxic gets. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, it was bad, bad, bad. Um, But here's the deal. I had a lot of pastors speaking into my life during that season. And a lot of them meant well, but they were causing harm. Because they kept telling me, you need to find a wife that's a worship leader that does this thing and that thing and that thing and that. And they, and they had this list of things that I needed for my wife. They weren't things God wanted for my wife. They were things they felt like I needed for my wife. And I'm going to tell you, I found that person, but that person wasn't for me. You feel me? And uh, I had all these voices speaking in my life of what I was supposed to be looking for, but none of them were correct. Because listen to me, rarely are people praying about your decisions as much as you are. So you need to be careful how much you let the voices of your life speak into your life, the things that will change your life if you're not hearing from God first. But it's still a thing we fall into, am I right? I could have peace if I wasn't so worried about the unknown. I could have peace if I wasn't so worried about the things, hear me, I can't control. I don't know is coming. Anybody been there before? Like, I don't know about you, I'm a control freak. Right, So I need to know what's coming. And God's like, that's none of your business. I'm like, it impacts me. I think it's absolutely part of my business. <laughs> me and God disagree on that one. You know what I mean? 
But I could have peace if I knew what was coming, right? I could have peace if I wasn't battling with this anxiety or these mental health issues. If I wasn't dealing with this anxiety, this worry, this concern, this, this thing that, hear me, goes a little bit beyond just fear, but it's, it's deeper than that. Now, for a second, I want to take a moment. I want to separate people that are dealing, some of you and some of you watching online. You may be dealing with significant mental health struggles that are like diagnosed. And so I want to, those are on its own. You need to make sure that you're allowing a doctor and someone to help walk you through that. All right. If you need a counselor, therapist, and medication, listen to me, God can make those too. Okay. So just for the record, do what you got to do with that. All right. But then there are, I believe there are some people who they're dealing with anxiety. Listen to me because they're more worried about tomorrow than they are living in today. And I think for those of us that are that way, I, I once heard someone say, you know, that worry, right, is living in a, a future possibility in your current reality. And we don't want to, we want to, let, let's deal with today, we'll let God deal with tomorrow, amen. And so, but I think that anxiety and some of those things we deal with, whether they are genuine uh, and medical and we need to deal with those things, we're still walking through them. And whether they're anxiety and worry and fear and some of those things, we're still walking through them. I could have peace if I wasn't dealing with this. Some people said, I could have peace if I was done with school. <laughs> in Jesus' name, like, in Jesus' name, amen. You know? And when this one came through, I was like, oh, cool, teenagers are in there. And I started looking, I was like 25, 35, 55, 65. Okay, yeah, 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 done with school. So if I was just, if I could just, get this degree and be done with it, which I realize some of you are on your sixth degree. What are you doing in your life right now? Love yourself better than that. Okay. Sorry. All right. So not last, but the next one. So I could have peace if I was married. That's an answer I got. You guys believe that? All the single people are like, what is everyone laughing at? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Whew. Y'all got, y'all got something coming for you, my friend. In Jesus' name. I'm not even Catholic. You can have that for free. All right. But here's what all of them boils down to, right? Here's what all the answers really boil down to, and I think this is what we want to talk about for just a little bit today. I could have peace if I was somewhere else in my life other than where I am right now. You see, I don't like where I'm at. I need to be somewhere else and I can't get peace, listen to me, until I'm out of this season and in the next one. The problem is what happens when the next season looks just like the one you're in. (laughs) Michael Cunningham says you cannot find peace by avoiding life. You cannot find peace by avoiding life. In other words, perhaps peace is not something that you're supposed to obtain in the next part of your life, perhaps peace is something you're supposed to obtain in this part of your life. And if you can't, listen to me, if you can't have it in this part of your life, there's a good chance you're not going to get it in the next part either. So what do we have to figure out? We have to figure out how peace exists in the now, because listen to me, if we can determine how peace exists in the now, we'll also know how to have peace in the next one too. But that's why it's so hard, because we're navigating life this way. In the book of Isaiah, it says it like this, and, and, and for the record, we're going into a Christmas series, and in the book of Isaiah chapter 9, there's a prophecy given that a son would be born, Jesus would be born, that's what we're celebrating this month. But the prophecy says it like this, for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. And it says the government will sit on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of, what's that last word? Peace, Prince of Peace. 
And the reality is what we need to obtain and find is peace, right, in the current. Because if we have peace in the current, we can have peace always. But peace is hard to come by. And I believe one of the stories in the Bible that displays this so well is actually found in Mark chapter 4. And that's where we're going to go today. Mark chapter 4, we see Jesus with his disciples and they go out onto the water. As the disciples and Jesus go out onto the water, this storm hits them. And that's where we want to pick up. He says, and a great windstorm arose, verse 35, and a great windstorm arose and the waves were breaking into the boat. So in other words, the storm was so bad, waves are crashing into the boat and said the boat was already filling. But he, Jesus, was in the stern asleep on the cushion. Could you imagine? Like Jesus, hello. (laughs) My wife sleeps through hurricanes, but I think this is pushing it, all right? And they woke him and said, teacher, don't you even care that we're about to die? Now, have you ever been there before? Now, listen, maybe not in a place where you were about to die. But listen, have you ever been in a place before where you're thinking, Jesus, don't you even care? Jesus, this marriage, I feel like it's on its last leg and I've been praying for a year. Don't you even care? Aren't you even worried? This schooling, I just, got, I just found out I'm failing this class and, I, and I'm going to get kicked out. Of, I'm going to lose my scholarship. All these things may not go. What happened? Jesus, don't you even care. I'm, Jesus, I, this job, I, I just got my last slip. I just found out I'm going to get laid off. I just found out there's not a future here for me. I've given 10 years, 15 years to this job. I don't know what I'm going to do next. Don't you even care. My kids have lost their mind, right? Don't you even care. Jesus, I'm in a storm in my life. Don't you even So you may not be able to relate to the boat, but I bet you definitely can relate to the idea of being somewhere in your life you feel like you shouldn't be. And it feels like Jesus just doesn't care. Now some of you are like, no, yeah, I'm talking to you. Because sometimes we go through seasons, I don't know about you, I've gone through my seasons where I'm going, God, it feels like you're not even worried about what I'm worried about. Right? Let's go back to the text. And he woke up. Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace, be still. Now there's something powerful in these three words right here. Because he says peace and then he says be still. Because listen to me, peace is always found in stillness, not activity. You see, some of us are spinning our wheels trying to find peace, not realizing that peace is found in the still parts of our life, not in the active parts of our life. So maybe you need to put some things down to find peace rather than keeping on picking things up. That ain't in my notes. That's just for free. Y'all can have it. Okay, so peace be still. And the wind stopped. There was a great calm. And he said to them, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Jesus is looking at him saying, we've been through this, right? But I don't know about you. Storms cause us to have a distorted reality. Things get hard. Things get difficult. And it almost seems impossible. So what do we have to do? We have to navigate this life dealing with pain and hurts and circumstances. And I know I'm speaking to something that every single one of you can relate to. How do I have peace when it feels like everything is going wrong? How do I have peace when I'm in a place I feel like I shouldn't be in and the place that I should be in, I can see it, but it's just not obtainable. It's right over there. And so I want to talk to you just for a few minutes today about peace because here's the reality that you need to grab a hold of. And that's that whatever you're closest to will always seem larger to you. Whatever you're closest to will always seem larger to you, right? 
So whatever, whatever you have the closest proximity. And for many of us, <clears throat> we're going, Jesus, you, you, you've gone through seasons, and I've gone through seasons in my life where I'm going, Jesus, you're so big. You're, you're everything to me. You're, you're amazing. And, and my prayer life is strong. My worship life is strong. I'm reading my Bible. I'm going to church when I'm at church. I like being at church. I'm just like, everything feels good. Me and Jesus are, we're, man, we're like this. We're we're so close. Jesus is amazing. He's the biggest part of my life. And listen to me. Every time I'm in that season, I have storms, but they don't seem to bother me as much. So Jesus is big and the storms are small. You want to know why? Because Jesus is close and the storms are over there. But I, throughout life, things happen where we go from Jesus to all of a sudden I'm getting closer and closer. And the, the things of this world become bigger in my life. They become more part of my life. They, they consume more of my mind. They, they give me more anxiety. And before I know it, I'm going, oh, my gosh, look how big this storm is. Look how bad this storm is. Look at what's happening here. Oh, my gosh, I can't. This is ridiculous. God, don't you even care. I can't get through this. The hospital or the bills or the things or the job or whatever is happening over here. Jesus, I know you're there. I know you're there. Thank you for being there. But this thing is so big. And what happened was it wasn't that this got bigger and Jesus got smaller. It's that I got closer to this and farther from him. Because whatever you're closest to will always seem bigger to you. I want you to hold your hand up in front of your face for just a second. Even if you guys are online, just hold your hand in front of your face. I want you to block me out with your hand to where you can't see me anymore. Go ahead, just real quick. Block me out with your hand. Can you see me? No. Now put your hand down. Am I bigger than your hand? No. Yes. Yes. Some of you guys are like, no. Yeah. Thank you for your optimism. All right, so. Am I bigger than your hand? Yes. So why is it that your hand could block me out? Because it's closer. Whatever's closer in your life will always block your view of what's important. So if you're looking at something and it's overwhelming you and robbing you of peace, it is now the thing you're the closest to. So what you might need to do is not get rid of pain. You may just need to change proximity. Let me get closer to the thing that can actually help me rather than the thing that's robbing me of my peace. That's why Isaiah 26.3 says, you keep him, right, in perfect what? Peace. Whose mind is fixed on you because he trusts you. You keep him, right, right, you keep him in perfect peace whose eyes are fixed on you. You want to know why? Because whatever your eyes are fixed on, that's what you're focused on. Whatever you're focused on is what you're closest to. So peace is actually found in being fixed and closest to the thing or the one who can help you, right? We remember when Peter got called out of the boat, he was walking on water with Jesus, right? Only other person to walk on water. So he's walking on water, and all of a sudden the storm starts to distract him from looking at Jesus, right? What did he do? He let something else become bigger than the one that was in front of him. And as soon as it did, he started sinking. Listen to me. Many of us, were sinking in the storms of our life because we keep looking at the storm rather than looking at Jesus, I'm going to tell you today that as long as your mind is getting fixed on everything you can't control, you're always going to feel far away from the one that can control them. And we have to lock in with Jesus, who is our peace, right? Because, but here's the second thing you need to understand is we look to Jesus to be our peace, not bring us peace. We look to Jesus to be our peace, not bring us peace. Peace. You see, let me help you out for a second. Jesus is not meant to be your spiritual side chick. 
You see, Jesus is not the accessory that you wear when you need help during a time, but he's not someone you talk to throughout the main thing. He's not someone you bring along because you didn't have any other options, and so I might as well call Jesus now because I've, kind of, I've wore out all, all my other options are gone, so now let me bring in Jesus. No, no, no. He doesn't just bring in peace in seasons where you happen to hit him up on the weekend. Jesus is someone that you either have with you, and because you have him with you, you have peace with you because he doesn't bring something to the table. He just is. Jesus is peace. His presence is peace because he's with you. You have a confidence, and because of that confidence, you have peace. So some of us are looking for Jesus to bring something into our life, drop it off like Uber Eats, and then dip out, and we don't have any responsibility with him. But I'm here to tell you today, if you want the peace that Jesus brings, listen to me, you got to have all of Jesus. And some of us, man, we're navigating life going, you know, I ain't been in church since like last Christmas, but I could really use some peace right now. And Jesus is going, I'm capable of that, but you're robbing yourself of something. Now, church attendance isn't the end-all, be-all of experiencing Jesus, for the record. What I'm saying is, a lot of times, church attendance is the great indicator of our spiritual condition. Is that fair? So, but all that to say is, your relationship with Jesus, if it's constantly getting put on the back burner and all of a sudden you need something and you start bringing him in, listen to me, you're always going to be disappointed in the amount of peace you have. Because he's not meant to bring it, he's meant to be it. Just same way with love, same way with joy, same way with hope. All of those things you can have a glimmer of by inviting him into certain seasons or you can have all of because he's in every season. Right? That's why John 14, <clears throat> 27 says, Peace I leave with you, and my peace I give you. Right? Says, I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. I know, Jesus says, I know you're going to go through these things. Don't be afraid. He says, because when I give it to you, he says, I don't give it to you the way the world. See, when the world gives you things, it's conditional. If you'll just, then I'll just. And if you start acting wild, I, Right? In other words, Jesus says, when I show up in your life, I'm not showing up. And then it gets into a circumstantial, transactional relationship. He says, when I am part of your life, I'm part of every part of your life. And he says, and when I'm part of your life, I bring with me peace. And I didn't bring it with me to okey-doke it with you so that I could keep you in right standings, keep your behavior modifications correct. He says, when I am part of your life, you have me in every part of your life. I don't give you the way the world does. I'm here to give to you. When you have me, you have everything that you need, right? And I'm, re I'm reminded of another story in the Bible with Shadrach, Meshach, and a billy goat. And so there's these three Hebrew boys. We, I, you know, I'm like, come on, God, we could have named that man John or something. We had to act wild. Anyway, so, but in Daniel chapter 3, right? In Daniel chapter 3, there's a story of these three Hebrew boys. And, and, and long story short, King Nebuchadnezzar builds this statue. And he says, I need you. And he said, everyone's going to bow down to the statue, bow down to this idol, right? And the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, no, we're not. And as a matter of fact, let's just go there in Daniel 3, verse 6. He says, whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a blazing furnace, Right? 
Verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to him, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. Some of y'all just need to learn that right there. You don't need to defend yourself in every situation to everyone about every decision that's ever been made. Sometimes it's you, God, and the one that God has given you, and y'all just rock together and let everyone else figure their stuff out. If they don't have peace, why are you letting them concern themselves with yours? Anyways, that was for free. That was one even part of it. All right. They said, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace... The God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will. Say he will. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hands. That's courage. Come on. They're like, we ain't worried about you. God's got us. What does he say right after that? But even if he doesn't. Man, can I speak to some of you guys right now for a minute? Peace is not found in the he will. Peace is found in the even if he doesn't. You see, some of us are looking for for God to give us peace in the he will. He's going to do it. 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 What if he doesn't? He's going to heal me. He's going to heal me. He's going to heal me. What if God's glory is going to be found more in not healing you than it was in healing you? What if, what if it's not coming the way you think it is? Listen to me. Because peace is found in the even if he doesn't. Peace is not circumstantial. It says, even if he doesn't, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. And so as the story goes, King Nebuchadnezzar got the fire so hot that when they opened the door to throw the men in, it burned the guards and they killed them. They throw these three Hebrew boys in there. And that's what happens in verse 25. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire. King Nebuchadnezzar's like, how many men we throw in there? Three. But there's four. He said, and the fourth one looks like a son of the gods. And then if you look at verse 26, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. They came out of the fire. I want you to say came out of the fire. Turn to your neighbor and say, tell them they came out of the fire. Because listen to me, one of the things you're going to have to learn if you want peace is you've got to get out of the fire. You see, God, for some of you, God has opened the door, but you've been so busy licking your wounds, you hadn't got out of where you are. God already gave you a way of escape, but you've been sulking over the fact that you were there in the first place. And if God really loved you, he wouldn't have let you go through. He wouldn't have put you in. He wouldn't have had you go. He wouldn't have shown the world through his power that you could be in fire and not get burned. You're more worried about what you went through than what God did while you were there. And you're so busy, and I don't mean this disrespectfully because I know what pain does, but you're so busy sulking in your pain, you haven't realized God already opened the door for your exit. But listen to me, if you're going to have peace, you've got to get out of the fire. You've got to stand up and walk out. Because listen to me, the enemy will let you stay there as long as you want to hang out. You may not smell like smoke, but you'll still be there. Listen, God will only get the glory when you get out of the fire after having been put in it. They come out of the fire. And that's why I think it's important. See, for many of us, we think, God, if you really loved me, why would you have let me gone through this? But here's the reality. God's love for you isn't determined by whether or not there are troubles. God's love for you is determined by his presence in it. His love for you is not determined by whether or not you go through difficult seasons. His love for you is shown in that he's with you in those seasons. 
So as long as you're wishing away painful seasons, you're not realizing the beauty that Jesus himself, through the power of the Holy Spirit, through his spirit with you, is walking you through all the difficulties of your life. Here we are wishing away our pain, not realizing that he's in our pain with us. Matter of fact, I put it in your notes like this. We've got to start looking for his entrance rather than our exit. You see, we've got to start looking for someone to show up in the fire rather than him getting us out of the fire. You see, I would rather be in the fire with Jesus than out of the fire without him. I need Jesus in the fire with me. I need Jesus on the boat with me. I need wherever I'm going to be. Listen, if I'm, if I'm going to be here, I'm going to be here. But listen to me, I don't need to be here alone. And we need Jesus to start showing up in these places with us. We need to start looking for Jesus to show up in these places with us. We need, listen, we need to start going through these seasons realizing that he is with us, right? Peace is found in the presence of Jesus in our lives. But here's the reality. Life can make it hard to see him through the pain. People have come up to us often, me and my wife. How did you guys make it through the last few years? Maybe you're new, maybe you, you don't know this, but our son passed away May 18th of 2018. His name's Jabin. And we've navigated that, that loss. And listen to me, I got questions for God when I get there. Because I've been in the boat season, like, don't you even care? Do we cry? Yes. Does it hurt? Yes. There's a picture of him in my office here. There's a picture of him in my office at home. I look at it every day. I got tattoos on my arm for him. If you're against tattoos, sorry. I'll probably say something else that'll make you more mad than that. Don't even worry about it. So, but the reality is we've gone through struggles and we've gone through pain. And this has been people's question. How did you get through it? And the answer is, I didn't bring Jesus into my pain. Jesus was with me before my pain. And if maybe you didn't have Jesus with you before your pain, but listen to you, you can have Jesus in it. And here's the comfort that I found in my life. Jesus isn't figuring this out. I am. Now I want this, I want you to, this is deep thought for a second. But I want you to grab a hold of it anyway. Jesus isn't navigating your storm. You are. He knows the beginning from the end. He knows how all of this is going to wrap up. He knows where this is going to go. He knows how this is going to end. You're the one that doesn't have the answers yet. He's already got all the answers. So he's not figuring this out. I am. He's not navigating it, trying to figure out when to turn left and right. I am. He's not navigating the tears in the morning and the grief. I am. He's not going through all the seasons and the anxiety and the fear. I am. He's not navigating what it looks like for you in your life. You are. He's not navigating the loss of your job or the difficulty you're going through or the hardship in your marriage. You are. I'm, he's not trying to figure life out. And say it with me. I am. And you need to find great confidence in knowing that the one that is with you already has all the answers. Jesus is peace because he knows the beginning from the end. So he's not trying to figure it out. I am. I believe that's why John 16, 33 lays it out so well. Jesus says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. What does he say? 
in this world, everything is going to run smoothly. That's not what it said. In this world, you will have no difficulties. That's not what it says. So that lets you know there are some people you're watching on Instagram preaching that need to get removed from your playlist already. Because if they talk about how hardships aren't a part of a Christian journey, mute them bad boys. Delete them from your playlist. Because Jesus and Paul both said, in this world, you will have troubles. You're going to have troubles. You're going to have difficulties, friends. You're going to go through hard things. You're going to go through some stuff you can't explain. You're going to go through things you wish never happened. You are going to cry. It's going to hurt. In this world, you will have troubles. It's not that the troubles are there. It's who you have with you. Take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome anything that the world throws at you. Anything that you're going to go through. Jesus says, I've already overcome all of that. You see, this is the reality. Your role in obtaining peace, it isn't control. It's surrender. If I could just control, if I could just, if I could just, if I could just, let me help you out today. Obtaining peace isn't getting the right grip on any part of your life. The, <laughs> obtaining peace is letting go and letting God have every part of your life. Obtaining peace is not about control. It's about surrender. God, I trust you. You will do these things. And even if you don't, I still trust you. Right? Because here's the reality. Our job isn't to find peace. It's to have peace. See, as long as you're looking for peace, in circumstances, in the right scenario, and the planets to align, you're always gonna be disappointed. But if you'll just have peace because you have Jesus with you, you see, peace is obtained by saying, Jesus, you've got all this figured out and I don't. So here's what I wanna encourage you to do. Can I just help you out for a second? The next time you're getting full of anxiety and fear, just take that one statement. You know what, Jesus, you are not figuring this out. I am. You've already figured this out. So give me peace to trust you through this process. Could you imagine? Just think for a second. Could you imagine? I can't speak for Christians across the world, but let's just take the six or 700 people that show up here on a weekend. Could you imagine for a second if God's people that were just part of Transformation Church just those of you at home, those of you in the room, if we just started walking with the peace that comes from knowing that Jesus is with us, could you imagine what would happen if the people that we worked with saw us go through a hardship, go through a loss, go through a difficulty and have peace saying, I'm not trying to figure this out. Or Jesus isn't trying to figure this out. I am. So I'm just going to trust Jesus because I know he's got this. Are you going to cry? Sure. Will you feel it? Of course. But as you navigate it, you're going, God's got me and I know this. And all of a sudden your coworkers who don't know Jesus are watching you and they're going, man, and, and a year later or six months later, they lose start. They, they have a difficulty. They got to navigate something. And, and guess, guess who they're calling when they can't figure out what to do. They're going, man, Joe, Paul, right? Susie, whoever, man, Dion went through this six months ago and he has seemed to have some kind of 
of peace. I, I got to figure out what he had. And they cause you and you're going, man, listen, peace isn't something that you find. Peace is something that you have. And if you have Jesus, you can have peace. And, and we can speak to life and to these people. Why? Because we're letting them know, listen, as a Christian, everything doesn't go great for me, but it's because of who I have in my life. What could, what could happen if Christians started walking in peace because we have the Prince of Peace with us? Because here's what I've learned, and I'll let you go. Peace isn't the absence of storms, but the presence of Jesus. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you. We thank you that you, Jesus, are the Prince of Peace in our lives. We thank you that we can trust you. We thank you that you are not figuring this out. We are. You are not navigating this hardship with uncertainty. I am. And so God, I pray right now that you give us great confidence, that you help us understand, that you walk with us, that Jesus, we invite you to become part of our lives, God, an eternal peace, but also an internal peace that comes from you, Jesus, the Prince of Peace. You speak life into us and help us trust you because you're what we need. And if you're in this place today with your heads bowed and your eyes closed and you say, you know what, Brad, I, I do need that internal peace because of my situations and my circumstances. But if I were honest, I also need an eternal peace you would say, you know what, my reality is this. I don't know that I know God. I might know about God, but I wouldn't say that I'm a Christian. I know my life's not right with God, but I need to, I need to make a change today. I can feel God tugging on my heart right now and I wanna, I wanna change that. And here's the reality, you can have eternal peace because when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for the sins in our life and today, you're ready for your eternity to change. You're ready for the Prince of Peace that can bring peace in the now, but also peace forever to come into your life. And I'm here to tell you right now, he's ready to meet you. And I wanna invite you to pray this prayer. This prayer doesn't make you saved. It just confesses what you're believing in your heart. And that's that when he died on the cross, he paid for my sins and your sins. But you're not gonna pray alone. The whole church will pray with you. So let's pray. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. Make me clean. Make me whole. I believe you died for me. I believe you paid for my sins. And through your perfect life, through your death, and through your resurrection, I can be saved. So I give you my life. Make me brand new. Give me a fresh start. And I'll follow you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time, celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. MyTC.Life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. 
So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.